0: Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner.
1: This is episode number 399, dispelling the top 10 myths of the single woman. Hello everybody, this is Sandy Weiner. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, where we believe it is never too late for love and that a woman of value naturally attracts the respect and rewards she deserves in life and in love. What is a woman of value? She's someone who knows her worth and she shows up, stands up, and speaks up. Every week I bring you a tip on how to become that woman of value. And this week's tip is love your body. We often reject our bodies. I mean, I can remember back when I was in great shape and never felt good enough. And so when I look back and think, oh my God, I wish I was that body now, um, I've learned to be kinder to my body today. And I hope that you will take this challenge to Give some love to your body. Your body is amazing. If you think about, especially now, I'm taking this during the coronavirus pandemic and the fact that if you can breathe, if you can, if your heart is beating, if you can move, I mean, all of these things are amazing. And I just appreciate that your body is, is really helping you to survive. So. Give your body some love today if you haven't yet joined my facebook group it's called your last first date we're a group for single women over 40 who are looking to be guided with positive approach to dating and relationships and we also have people in relationships we have people who have never been married and um, this is just the place to get positive support there are too many groups where it's all about bashing and being unkind and none of that is tolerated in my group. So go to Your Last First Date on Facebook groups and join us. And now for my guest today. Her name is Akemia Dedweiler. She is an accomplished writer and journalist. She's been on Fox TV, on the talk show More. She's the author of Single That, Dispelling the Top 10 Myths of the Single Woman. Previously designated a top 100 contributor on Yahoo with more than a million page views, her work has been featured on many prominent media platforms. She has been top writer status in both love and feminism for Medium, and we're happy to have her here today, all the way from Nevada.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I love your tip of the day that you offer it made me think back to, we're so hard on ourselves as women, as you were saying, it made me think back to when I was younger, I had friends that would be like, oh, I want to, I want to be your size, I want to lose weight, and here I am over here feeling like I'm too skinny, you know, and, you know, when we were in high school and fresh out of high school, so it's just, it just goes to show that no matter what our size or what we look like, we tend to find our flaws and the things that we don't like, we're our own harshest critics in that regard, and, and so I love the idea of, you know, loving the body that you have and loving yourself as you are because we'll always find something wrong if we don't.
1: And it's interesting that you said too skinny because I was too skinny, supposedly, <laughs> mm-hmm. growing up. It was every time I'd visit relatives, they'd say, you're too
0: skinny. So,
1: you know, <laughs> Same thing. Right? They would
0: call me olive oil and <laughs> from the Popeye so you know, all of that. So it just goes, but here my friends were like, oh, I wish I was your size in their heads. And I'm thinking like, oh, I want to gain weight. So it's just like, like I say, you'll always find something wrong if that's what you're looking for
1: yeah so appreciate what you have and who you absolutely. are and stay healthy i mean i'm sitting here drinking vitamin c <laughs> drink to stay healthy i've got zinc and elderberry and echinacea and, you know <laughs> just really our body is a temple and yeah honor and respect. do what you can absolutely yeah so single that the book uh i listened to <laughs> your interview on more and uh yeah so you are a person who is happily single and um, tell us why you wrote the book, Single Net.
0: Um, I wrote the book just because I, I really just grew tired of hearing all the different uh, negative perceptions about single women and misconceptions about single women, and it's not that I'm specifically happily single. I am, but I feel like I would Aim to be happy regardless of my relationship status because I don't feel like my relationship status defines me. But I just started to feel just the more that I dated, and especially with the explosion of social media, you get to see what people are thinking all the time. <laughs> um, I just started to really notice that the negative perception that women get, you know, when they're single, especially when you start to get a little older, like, you know, in your 20s, maybe it's not a big deal, but. Once you get into your thirties, forties and beyond, it starts to be like, oh, well, why are you single? What's wrong with you? You know, as though you're some kind of spinster, Whereas with men, you know, it's like, oh, he's just a bachelor. He's having fun. He's living his life. But it's like women can't do that. (laughs) And so that really just started to bother me, especially with the double standard and everything. And I was like, hey, you know, I'm actually okay over here. Like, yeah, of course, I want to find I'd like to find, you know, a partner to share my life's journey with. But I really am okay. I'm having a good time. I'm enjoying my life. And it's like, so all these negative stereotypes that we have attached to single women don't apply to all women. And I, they certainly didn't apply to me. So that's what inspired me to write the book.
1: Mm. Yeah, I totally understand. I was just speaking to a woman who's in her late 30s, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: she hates when people say, why are you still single?
0: Yeah, like I hate it's it too. A, right? <laughs> it's,
1: it's like it's a disease or there's, yeah. there's something wrong with you. And and I know people are well-meaning, like they mm-hmm. they think like, you're an amazing woman, why are yeah. you still single? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you can be an amazing woman and still single. And I get it as a dating coach, I haven't yeah. found the right partner after my divorce. And mm-hmm. I really don't want to settle. I settled the first <laughs> yeah. time, right? And mm-hmm. so it's a
0: lot of things.
1: We reason why we're single, right? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's yeah, so the thing.
0: And I had the question, too, when people are like, you know, why are you single? Like you said, it's like it it needs to be explained or something like, you know, you can't just be single. There must be a reason. And you have to have an explanation. And I do think there are some well-meaning people that just really think, oh, you're awesome. Why are you single? What's going on? But at the same time, I also think there's um, there can be, like I said, negative connotations attached to it where it's kind of viewed as like, oh, you know, well, what's wrong with you? That type of thing. And that's the one that really bothers me. You know, if I know if it's, it's coming from a place of care and concern and, you know, you want me to be happy, it's totally different than when I get, you know, or see or hear the more negative side of it, like, oh, well, something must be wrong with you. You know, it's it's just really unfair because like you said, you don't want to settle you feel like you've been there before, and you want to choose differently this time and be patient. And that's absolutely—I think that that's the one of the ingredients for a healthy relationship. You can't just be with someone so that you're not single. You want to take your time and find the right person, right? And there definitely are
1: people who choose a partner because of loneliness mm-hmm. or they don't know how to be alone. Yeah. But there are also people who really struggle with finding a partner because they, they need to do some inner work. Mm, and, agreed. you know, because some people avoid intimacy. Mm-hmm. It's scary. It's um, letting somebody into your heart. Mm-hmm. I'm watching a show called Virgin River on Netflix. Have you seen mm-hmm. that?
0: No, I haven't, but I will put that on my list. <laughs>
1: So It's it's interesting. I mean, it's unfolding why this woman is single now. She's still wearing a wedding ring, so we don't really know what her story is, but she kind of runs away from her home in LA and goes to work in this remote town in California. And she's gorgeous and she's a, a nurse practitioner and a midwife. and And she has chosen the life that she has, but She's also really blocking intimacy and she's mm-hmm. kind of afraid to move on. And there's this guy who really likes her and I'm not going to give away the rest. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> if
0: it sounds interesting, I'm going to have to check it out. Yeah, but, it's interesting. Yeah, but I absolutely agree. That's not to say that we can't always do work on ourselves. And sometimes maybe there is a reason that we're single that has something to do with, you know, maybe a place that we haven't grown or something that we're a barrier that we have to love. So sometimes that is the case, and I think it is important, and I've taken that time to just, you know, learn about myself and grow in the areas that I believe I need to grow. It's a, it's a never-ending process. You know, I think we're always growing and trying to become better versions of ourselves and things like that. So, of course, there's always probably something we can work on with ourselves. I just think that's it's not always the case, like, oh, well, something's wrong with you, you know, as some people try to make it seem.
1: Mm-hmm. For sure. So um, what are some of the biggest misconceptions about single women besides Um, that there's something wrong with them? (laughs) (laughs) Broken
0: that you're broken somehow. Uh (laughs) That's probably the one of the biggest ones. And I think the most unfair and damaging, because you know, this assumption that, like I said, there has to be something wrong with you, but you all already touched on one of them. It's the loneliness aspect. You know, I think people assume when you're single and you're not in your 20s anymore that you're just you know unfathomably lonely and oh how are you making it over there and (laughs) it must be so awful (laughs) and i'm like you know i think we all have our moments just as human beings where you may feel a little lonely but i know people in relationships i've known people in marriages that are lonely you know so just having a warm body there doesn't necessarily mean that you're any less lonely than a single person but when you are single I think that's one of the biggest myths that people will instantly just assume like oh you must be lonely and what do you do you know at night when you're there by yourself and I'm just like what do you mean I I live you know (laughs) so that's one of the biggest I would say most common myths and then um, maybe the one that you're um, a little desperate you know That's another one that I think, especially as you start to get older, there may be an assumption like, oh, you're just, you're on the prowl for a partner and you know, you're desperate and you're more likely to, to, and willing to take what you can get because you just want to be with someone so bad. So those are a few of the biggest ones and probably the most common. And like I said, it's just, it's just not the case. It's not, I don't think it's prevalent enough to make it a blanket statement to say that all single women have those characteristics.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, and you've brought up a good point also about people in bad relationships who are
0: mm-hmm.
1: much more lonely. It's, mm-hmm. I, I have experienced that where you mm-hmm. just feel like you are crawling in your skin and you mm. want to be alone, you know, and it's, yeah. It's uh, that's a bad place to be.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah. When you want to be alone, but I've seen that I've, you know, I've had girlfriends that have told me that, you know, like you can lay right next to someone every night and feel lonely, you know, feel like mm-hmm. this person doesn't know you feel like you're not seen. So, you know, just like I said, just because you have a partner or you have a human body there, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're any less lonely than a single woman. Yeah, for sure.
1: Um, so what do you do about filling your life, um, to keep your life full and meaningful as a single woman?
0: Mm -hmm. Well, I took time, I try to take time to learn myself. And I think you also touched on another point that I touch on in the book that I think is a good one. And it's about learning yourself, you know, and it's hard to learn yourself if you're never alone. Like if you're always with someone, um, I've had. Friends, you know, that were maybe with their high school sweetheart and they stayed together throughout adulthood. And so they were never alone. And then they learned, you know, later on in their relationships or their marriages, they felt like, you know, I don't know who I am. You know, I don't know this person. And it's just really, I think, difficult to learn yourself if you're never alone. You know, you're going to be defined by that person that you're with a little bit or they're going to influence who you are. So, um, that's a big part of what I do when, when single, I take the time to indulge in things that I enjoy and learn what I enjoy. I think that's something I've taken the time to do. So I, I go, I'm involved in some writing groups and, and yoga groups and things like that. I just try to fill my space with, like I said, things that I enjoy and that bring me peace and teach me about myself. Um, I travel, I read, um, Yeah, I go to, I socialize, I have friends and things like that, and I date. So I just try to fill my time with things that, you know, bring me some kind of joy and peace so that I'm not sitting here all was me and I'm so lonely and I'm so bored. You know, I just try to make sure I'm doing things that bring me some fulfillment.
1: Awesome. So I'm curious, um, first of all, how old are you, if you don't mind sharing with us, because nobody, anybody who's just listening has no idea how how young you are.
0: Yeah, I don't mind at all. I'm actually 39, so when I was listening to, you know, a few episodes and reading about your show, and I saw that it's for women in their 40s and beyond who are dating in the dating world, and I love that because I may not, I'm not there yet, but you know, I am, I am upper 30s, so I can definitely relate to a lot of maybe the stereotypes and things that, you know, we as women have to deal with. Yeah. Yeah, you're on the cusp. of Yeah, life. I'm right there. I'm coming. <laughs> it's
1: coming for you.
0: Um, yeah, that's actually coming
1: for me, <laughs> right? <laughs> I think there's so much wisdom that you gain as you get older. And mm-hmm. you know, I got married at 28 when I thought I was so old, <laughs> and I was running out of time, and I wanted to have children. I was like in this yeah. rush, and I dated from scarcity, and mm-hmm. that's a bad place to date from. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I'm curious about is as a woman of color, mm-hmm. do you find that there is a different stigma or different stigmas that you deal with in terms of being single, mm-hmm. dating, all of that?
0: Mm-hmm. I don't find that, but a lot of that could be because I'm not really aware of how it is for maybe women of other ethnicities or if they, I think we have some universal experiences I'll say no matter our ethnicity, as far as, you know, being considered a spinster if you're single and the negative connotations and things like that. So I don't see many differences. And also it has a lot to do with my point of view to where I view us as having more in common than more in common than, more than we're different. So I think there are some universal similarities and I'm sure there are some differences. I'm just not very aware of them, I would say. Well, it sounds like you
1: have a great mindset and mm-hmm. that's really what it's all about. It's, you know, noticing how we're different is mm-hmm. the way that a lot of people look at the world. And mm-hmm. I think a healthy way to look at dating and relationships is to find how we are similar and mm-hmm. to take down the barriers. And I think as we're going through this coronavirus um, pandemic now, it's mm-hmm. even more obvious Mm -hmm. that we need to be together and that we have more in common than we think
0: yeah exactly and that is like you said that's a good point you know a lot of people that is their view of the world like you try to hone in on how we're different and that can sometimes cause, cause be the, the source of division and, you know, cause that break in communication or the way that we relate to one another. So I just choose, because I do believe that we have more in common than we have, you know, dissimilar. So I just try to focus on more on what we have in common. And, you know, I acknowledge that there are some differences in just in the culture and the things we've experienced and, and things along those lines. But yeah, I, we're all in this together. We're all here together. And I do think it's important that we find, some common ground so that we can all coexist here peacefully and no one feels you know less or above or below the other amen I like that (laughs) Um, if only right I know it's a
1: good it's a good wish (laughs) I think if more people like you are out there giving you know spreading these messages we have more of a chance of Mm-hmm. creating some change and some shifts.
0: Yeah, slowly but surely, hopefully. Yeah,
1: absolutely. <laughs> you know, even if one person listening to this today is influenced and says, you know what, I do see divisions more than I see similarities. And, mm-hmm. you know, or I find that I am ostracizing myself as a single mm-hmm. woman, because a lot of people feel badly about themselves.
0: Yeah.
1: And yeah. that definitely can um, influence how you attract
0: people into your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That comes through with other people on when you're dating and everything, just uh, if, if you're lacking confidence or you don't feel good about yourself, you can try to put on, you know, a, a smile and a brave face. But that energy, I believe, comes through and people can sense that, you know. So I, that's why I think it's important to take the time to yourself and do whatever you need to do so that you can genuinely feel confident in who you are and feel like you know yourself and have a positive self-perception you know not just for when you're dating or for the way that other people see you but just it's important to feel good about yourself you know no matter your relationship status absolutely
1: confidence is is everything i mean the core confidence really internal confidence that comes from within from doing the work inside Mm -hmm. and that comes out on the outside absolutely i agree 100 (laughs) percent So where do you think this, these negative perceptions of single women come from?
0: I think most of it is probably societal based, you know, we've kind of been conditioned over time to believe that, you know, women should aspire to marriage and children and family. And, but we done, we haven't always taught boys or men the same. And so I think there's been this there's been this view that, you know, a woman is always looking to tie someone down or looking to be a ball and chain and things like that. And I think that has spilled over into the way that we perceive women who are single. It's like we've been defined as this being that is supposed to marry and have children. So if you're not doing that, it's perceived as, you know, something is wrong and you're not doing what you're here to do. And I think a lot of the misconceptions stem from that, just outdated views of gender roles and and things along those lines. And I think, of course, it's gotten a lot better. sure it's a lot better for me in my time than it was, you know, before my time. But we still have a long way to go, I think. It's hard to break those... Images that have been and perceptions that have been embedded over time and passed down through generations and we see it portrayed in movies and everywhere, you know, so it's kind of hard to break away from that stereotypical picture of what a woman should be.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, And I'm in a different generation. And for sure, I felt it. there was so much pressure in my early 20s that Mm -hmm. if you
0: weren't married, there was something really wrong with you. (laughs) Yeah, you just said at 28, you felt like, okay, it's time for me to have kids and get married and, and all these things. And it's so unfortunate, because we don't know if we're doing things because we really want to do them. Or if we feel like this is what we should be doing as if, you know, we're checking items off of our life's grocery list, like, okay, graduate high school, go to college, get married, have children, you know, like everything has to go in this perfect order. And then, like I said, we don't know where we actually want to do these things or if we just feel like that's what we should be doing.
1: Yeah. And I already had done things very differently from the way I was brought up Mm -hmm. and I still felt the pressure you know Mm -hmm. i still felt it like at 24 i moved to manhattan i was on my own and at 28 it was like okay there are no men left in manhattan
0: (laughs) they're (laughs) all gone
1: (laughs) they were all gone it was amazing
0: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. It's always there. Even if you do kind of have to, even if you do take on kind of your own mindset and figure, you know, I'm going to do my, my own thing. It's there, you know, we all maybe feel that pressure. I feel it. And, you know, in some circles or sometimes, and I have to catch myself because, you know, it is hard to, you know, that people have these unwritten expectations of you as a woman. And I think maybe subconsciously when you're not fulfilling that or you're not, you know, living up to that, you can feel a little pressure, you know, just knowing that you're not living up to whatever that idea is of what a woman is supposed to be.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You got to be your own person and it's exactly. not easy to be authentically you. It's one of the hardest things. It's right? not, It is.
0: <laughs> it is because really, you know, as all you want really is to, you know, I think we have this innate desire to be accepted and to fit in and to be loved and liked and things like that. So it's not always easy to go against the grain and say, hey, I'm gonna be my own person and I don't care what you think of me. I don't care what you say about me. Like it sounds good, but it's it's definitely not always easy.
1: Yeah, it takes courage. Exactly. To not always want to be liked, but to mm-hmm. be to be liked <laughs> by the right people for who you really are, not, the, not people pleasing. Yeah, that's the key. I love that. Yeah. So um, when you're dating How do you handle it if any of these misconceptions come up? Mm
0: -hmm. I try to address it um, with understanding and respectfully if it's presented respectfully, because I do understand that, you know, a lot of it isn't always the other person's fault. A lot of it is, you know, the way that we have been brought up and the things that we've seen and what we've been taught and what we have learned over the years. So I try to approach it from just a standpoint more of, in for information. Like, you know, that's not the case, but it depends. You know, I dated one guy who We met online and before we even met up in person, like we were texting and one of his first questions was like, aren't you lonely? Aren't you afraid that you're not going to have kids? You know why you can still have kids? And and I was like, whoa. And and, (laughs) then, you know, like this is coming up in the first exchange. It just went to show me like how his mind was already working and it was coming from a negative standpoint, a negative point of view, it felt like. And he went on to say, you know, that I was going to be 50 saying the same things that I'm saying now and I'm looking for the perfect man and I was just like wow we haven't even met in person That you know if you've made all these premature assumptions about me and it's not even like he, he asked questions to arrive at these answers it was like he already had in his mind like oh why are you single you know he found he said he found me attractive so I was like okay there must be something wrong with you the fact that no one has you know partnered with you yet or may, or propose to you and you're not married. That was his instant thought. So in those those situations, I try to still you know explain like, you know, hey. Yeah, of course, I want to, you know, have have a partner and share my life with someone and be in love and things like that. And I was like, but I'm not going to settle just to say that I have those things. I'm not going to have children just to say that I have children. Like, I want the situation to be conducive to that. And of course, I know there are no absolutes. You may think this is the right situation and then it turns out not to be. But I at least want to believe, you know, that this situation is conducive. And he just, it went in one, in one ear and out the other, that's when the whole, you're gonna To be 50 and saying these same things, and I'm like, you know, if I'm 50 and saying these same things, that's that's okay with me. (laughs) And he just really couldn't fathom that. So, if you're if if the person's thought process is that narrow to where you know you don't understand the idea of not wanting to settle, or you don't you think it's crazy that I'm not going to have children just to say that I have children, or just to have them within my window. Um, I feel like it's just not going to work if, you're, if your mindset is that narrow. Now, if you just maybe make a couple of comments that, are, that may be um, insensitive or just don't feel very well thought out, I'll just try to do the same thing, just explain how being single isn't necessarily synonymous with lonely or desperate, and here's why, you know, I'm single and I'm dating. And if you're receptive to that, I think we, get, we can get past it because we're not always going to agree on everything or see everything. The same way but I think it's important that we are at least open to alternative points of view so you may think that way but then where I come in is to try to explain a different point of view and from there I just try to you know perceive whether or not you're receptive to that
1: yeah that's that's um, so basically what you're describing is the difference between a fixed and a growth mindset A person who's so fixed and cannot see things differently, even when you explain them, (laughs) is not going to be a good match. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, (laughs) You know, this is a question that comes up a lot in my dating practice is, um, should I date somebody who's never been married? And we're talking about Mm. people in their 50s and 60s Mm. who have never been married. And a lot of people think those people are a liability. Mm. And I always say, you've got to know their story. Yeah. And so I always talk to a man who says, I've never been married, I've never had children, and I get curious, did you ever mm-hmm. have a long term relationship? Are you interested in a long term relationship? You want to know if that person is capable of intimacy, is capable of vulnerability. Yeah. The the amount of times somebody is married or not married, the amount of years that they were together is is not as relevant to as to me as to who they are today,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: to their capacity for growth, like mm-hmm. you know you talk about, and mm-hmm. their capacity to be in relationship. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people who've been married and divorced have no idea how to be in a relationship. Mm-hmm. They have never learned. They don't know <laughs> how to be intimate and vulnerable. They mm-hmm. don't know how to fight fair, um, because mm-hmm. that's a
0: big part of
1: healthy relationships
0: hmm. Yeah, that is so interesting that you said that how you know, like you said, some of your clients will feel like if, if someone is in their 50s and 60s, and they've never been married, they feel like that person is a liability, or you know, they're a little turned off or frightened by that. And that is interesting, because I think, again, our minds just naturally go to like, well, why? why haven't you been married like what's wrong and i agree like you said there can be things within you that have been barriers and you want to know like well do you want these things you know do you truly want to be with a partner do you want commitment so that's important to understand but it is it's very interesting you know just the way that our mind works when we find out that someone hasn't has is married and without children you know, that later in their lives, it's, yeah, it's very interesting where where our mind goes to like, uh (laughs) uh-oh, like something's wrong. (laughs) Right. Everybody tries to keep safe. And I think that, you
1: know, there's a difference between being safe and being guarded. Mm -hmm. You know, it's good to stay safe, to be discerning safe,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. but to be judgy and critical Mm -hmm. and to keep your heart closed you could miss some amazing people
0: like (laughs) yourself. Yeah, I agree. Well, thank you. (laughs) But I agree. And that's one of the things I've worked on over time is working to be more open and vulnerable and make sure, try to ensure that I am not being guarded and I am just being uh selective I should say but not guarded and it has been a process I think maybe early on that was an issue for me and now I've worked I had it started out you know I had to consciously be more vulnerable I had to consciously do things that made me uncomfortable you know just to experience that and now it's a lot easier for me to you know be vulnerable and let my guard down and be intimate and things along those lines. But it started as a conscious decision for me, just paying attention to what I was doing and consciously trying to do the opposite.
1: That's great. That's really important. And that will help you find a relationship that that really adds to your life and not takes away which yeah, is what exactly. a lot of people fear is that the <laughs>
0: relationship is going to drain me and <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and that's something like look at too because I think once you've gone a while you know as a single woman you may get a little comfortable in that in in that role you know you're you get comfortable with doing what you want to do going where you, where you want to go not being bothered being I can sit up all night and just write if I want to and there's there's not another person that I need to tend to so I think that is a fear you may get a little too comfortable being single and to where you maybe subconsciously block relationships because you are fearful that it may drain your energy and all these things you've grown to love about being single. So yeah, that's a, there, there's a lot of layers <laughs> to it. <laughs> yeah. So,
1: um, so some final words of advice for single women. So I, I'm listening to you saying be open and vulnerable, not guarded don't get so comfortable as a single woman doing what you want when you want that it blocks (laughs) you from love, anything else that you want to share.
0: Uh, I would say the biggest thing is just living authentically. Like if you enjoy being single and you're not at all concerned about a partnership or love, then by all means, get comfortable being single. <laughs> there, I don't think there is such a thing as too comfortable. If you're happy in that role, and that's the biggest thing for me, I just, if you're in a relationship, if you're single, if you're whatever your relationship status, I just, just make sure that you're happy in that status and that's actually what you want you know, and if you're not happy, then, you know, you work on, if there's work to do in yourself, you do that work. And then at the same time, you don't let that unhappiness uh, control your judgment. So that would be my biggest advice. And then as a single woman, if you are looking and you want to be with someone, like we said, I think confidence is important. And that comes from learning yourself and understanding yourself so that when you are out there dating, it's clear that you're confident in who you are. And Confident is, confidence is attractive. So I say that's, the, that's the, my biggest advice is if you are single, get comfortable with yourself and learning yourself and loving yourself and that will spread, you know, when you're out there in the world and meeting people. Awesome. Beautiful.
1: Um, well, thank you so much. Tell us, tell us where people can find you.
0: <laughs> yeah, thank you for having me. This was so much fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am on social media at A-K-A-M-E-A-L-D, Acameald, A-C-A-M-E-A-L-D. I have a website, akamiadeadweiler.com, and you can find my book, Single That, Dispelling the Top 10 Myths of the Single Woman, on Amazon and all major online booksellers. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing a, a great perspective on being
1: single and, and helping women get comfortable with who they are. And really, no matter what your status is, it's important to love yourself. I agree. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And thanks everybody for listening today. And if you love our show, please rate and review it, share it. The more the merrier. And um, we hope you go on your last first date very soon. Have a great day.